0: Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to the Doctor's Companion, episode
1: forty-four. I'm Scott Corelli. and I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. <laughs> hey. hey, hey guys, how are you doing?
0: <laughs> um, so we're back into the classic episodes. Uh, we had a little, yep. we had a little break, um, oh, which it was uh, a nice break, but yeah, it was nice. But it was nice. Um, but we're back, back and we're, we're back, the, <laughs> we're back to the things. old stuff. Um, with, mm-hmm. with with
1: with some Pertwee. Some third doctor, Some Green Death, yes, yes, also known as the one with the maggots, mm. as it were. Mm. Boy <laughs> is oh boy are there maggots. oh yeah tons of maggots mm. maggots <laughs> with teeth mm. <laughs> or whatever
0: yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have nightmares about those things tonight <laughs> um, good that's the uh, goal that's always uh, the goal doctor uh, the nightmares uh, <laughs> so um, anyway <laughs> we're from the website geekshowentertainment.com. And that's where we like geeky stuff. And occasionally, we talk about that geeky stuff like Doctor Who on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week. Um, Now, seven days a week, we have a new show. Every day. That's pretty impressive. We've gone crazy,
1: kids. We have gone crazy. We have lost our minds.
0: Um, Sundays bring you The Doctor's Companion. Mondays bring you uh, Have You Met Ted? And Tuesdays bring you Queen Witch, a potty book series um, written by Nick Jimenez, and a couple of geeks. And then Wednesday brings you Geekin', Thursday brings you Geekin' Soundcheck, Friday brings you Movie Nighty Geek Show, and Saturday brings you our newest podcast, Super Geeks. So you can listen to all of those. All of those by streaming them on the website geekshowentertainment dot com or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, you can go to the website and join our community by commenting on episodes or articles that we regularly post on the site. And I do have to say, thanks to those of you who have been, uh, s- you know, signing up with the site for the first time and letting us know what your thoughts on the episodes and stuff. Um, that's been uh, that's been nice. So uh, keep those keep good the new people coming. Too. Comments. Yeah, 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 good yeah, comments. definitely. Um, so keep that stuff coming. Keep coming to the site and uh, letting us know that you're listening and that you enjoy the show. Um, we will always comment back, just so you know, unless you're a jerk. Uh, yeah, then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so don't be a jerk. <laughs> then
1: don't be surprised if suddenly your jerkiness has disappeared off the site. Just so.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, and if you've listened to any of our shows And you like what you hear even if you don't Help us out by leaving an iTunes review Because iTunes reviews tend to be the best way For people to find our shows And decide if they might be worth listening to And uh, you can also let us know how we're doing With comments, concerns, and suggestions By emailing the show At tdc at geekshow.us That's tdc as in the doctor's companion At geekshow.us Matt we're talking about the Green Death. What do you got? What's what's what's
1: what's what's the significance of this episode? Well, it's uh it's it's interesting. This episode, um, the most obvious uh, significance of the episode is uh, the departure of longtime Pertwee companion Joe Grant. Uh, the last time we talked about Pertwee, we were talking about uh, Liz Shaw, but she was only around for a season four stories. Uh, uh, Joe Grant was around for fifteen stories and three seasons, so this is really uh, the end of her story. Um, and it's, it's I'm going to be honest with you, it's one of my favorite companion departures in the whole show, I think. It's, it's just, it just gets all the beats kind of right, if you ask me. And it does it with a nice sense of style and flair. And, you know, you can watch it from the beginning and everything from there, the Doctor and Joe's first scene, just kind of go back towards that. Uh, so that's really what that is. Um, it's written by Robert Sloman, who did uh, pretty much every Pertwee finale, except for Pertwee's uh, first season. What the hell was that? Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the world just crashed around me. Supermoon just destroyed my house. Um, sorry, sorry about that, everybody. I was just... Oh, my God. Okay, well, back back into the meat of things. We can cut that out. Um, I'm not cutting that out. Th- I want okay, everyone okay, to know right.
0: that Supermoon wasn't
1: actually... That's no moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a space station. Um, the, oh, God. Um, the, the Robert Sloman, uh, he wrote the... Um, Pertwee's second, third, fourth, and fifth season finale. He's the guy who wrote uh, The Planet of the Spiders, which was Pertwee's final episode. And he wrote this one. I think of the ones I've seen of his. I've only seen three. I haven't seen The Demons. Um, this is really, really, really well done. Um, it's six parts, but it's a, it's, so it's a little long. And it's directed by Michael Bryant, who directed... Uh, what did he direct he directed uh De- among other things revenge of the cybermen which is horrible uh and uh robots of death which is phenomenal so he kind of goes either way but i think he does a he does a pretty decent job um so really this is like the end of pertwee's um second to last season and it's 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 a good ending i think it it really does a good job of sending off joe uh mm-hmm. with with real with real good stuff and sets up planet of the spiders although we don't we wouldn't really realize that until planet of the spiders so uh, but we'll talk about that as we go through it. So that's that's basically what's all meaningful about this, this story. So
0: yeah, All right. Um, well, uh, before we get started with the discussion of the episode, I want to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. This month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, Why the Last Man, Deluxe Edition, Volume 3, by Brian K. Vaughn and P. Aguera. This book is available for only $18.59, or 38% off the suggested retail price of $29.99. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Okay, so part
1: one of the six-part story, The Green Death. Okay, so we start at this place called Global Chemicals, um, and we kind of do this really great uh, thing that you rarely see in Doctor Who, at least, you know, from certain stories. You see it a lot in something like Earthshock, but it's a lot of cross cutting between this guy who's running through a mine and this this director whose name is Stevens who's uh, presenting like You mean Willy of Wonka? Work. Yeah, that guy, Willy Wonka. But without the fantastic uh,
0: Without the fantastic t- limp and stumble
1: <laughs> tumble yeah, roll yeah. <laughs> entrance. And, and yeah. without when know, he's like, funny... I've
0: got this piece of paper and I was like, Is it the golden ticket? <laughs> 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 because they're all like, exactly. they're all like standing there like behind a gate and it's just yeah. like yeah.
1: it's so and, funny and you, you know you expect the the crowd to part and for Charlie Bucket to just start you know, just skipping down the road as he oh. as he heads towards the gate and stuff yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. so we start totally. with with um, this this guy who's promising work and jobs and he works for this company called Global Chemicals which is. You know, I'm gonna be honest, they probably could have named that place a little bit better. That's a pretty awful name. Because I'm just like, ew, global chemicals, that's that's pretty bad. Uh but <laughs> in the middle of this, he gets interrupted by this guy who will eventually find out is Professor Clifford Jones and who is very Welsh and uh he's a hippie. Uh a, a, a real hippie, I'm gonna be honest. Like none of these none of this flower power American stuff. Like this is like some hardcore seventies hippiness that he is, like yeah, it living is. off the land and stuff. Um and, uh, the, the, so this guy who is in the, uh, in the mines manages to pull the alarm, uh, this giant whistle thing, one of those alarm whistle things, and he, uh, this This, gr- this green growing. death
0: disease, too, and, like, the with, yeah. the, with, the, with, the, with the green, glowy, he it makes him look like the main villain from Batman Beyond.
1: Oh, yeah, the Blaine, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah, he Blaine. totally looks yeah, like yeah, that yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Although without <laughs> the skeleton, which is...
0: Although, or, like, like what well, that's school. the thing is, like, I thought it was going to be that because when they mm-hmm. first show his hand, it looks like it's showing his skeleton underneath the skin. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is that what's it's happening?
1: And then it's kind of t- translucent, almost like it, it yeah. looks like you're kind of seeing through things, but it's glowing. I, th- I, I like the uh, the green death actually of this. I think it's really neat. Although it's interesting that that's not actually what the big bad of the story is. That's just a byproduct, you know. mm Hmm. Um. So we cut back to, actually before we should mention this, we should have mentioned this right off the bat, but if you haven't actually seen this story, um, and you live in the United States, hello United States people, sorry for all the people who are not in the United States, um, this is actually streaming on Netflix Instant, we mentioned that last week, so if you want to go watch it, it's real easy, if you have Netflix, to just pop it in and uh, just watch it, so go ahead, watch it. It's good, it's long, but it's it's fun, you'll have a good time. Go ahead and watch it, it's fun. Um, just thought I'd I'd mention that before we go too far into it. Um, mm mm-hmm. <laughs> so we cut back to uh, Joe and the doctor who are at unit and Joe's having her breakfast and the doctor's fixing some part of the TARDIS so that they can get ready to ship off to metabilius 3, which is this planet that the doctor's been wanting to go through all to all season. And uh, I, I, this is the first scene I'm YouTubing. We're actually doing four YouTubes this time. I love uh, this scene. Which, love this scene. Oh, it's so good. Um, For multiple
0: um, reasons. Not not only do I love the joe and the doctor's chemistry in this scene mm-hmm. and you totally get why they're the why they're you know the doctor the team. And his companion yeah like yeah. it's just it's it, it's great but joe is dressed like a female version of the fifth doctor
1: dude i thought the same thing it was it was it's so like for portentous you know like it's, yeah it's so the only thing the
0: only of, thing that could have yeah. been would have made it more obvious is if she was eating
1: celery <laughs> Yeah, or it was or it was pinned to her lapel you know just yeah. just something, yeah um, but i i totally noticed that and i thought it was so weird yeah <laughs> Funny at the same time cuz you know we're about 8 years away from davison at this point um But this is the first thing I'm YouTubing, and it's interesting because um, if you know that the Joe and the Doctor are going to be separated at the end of this story, um, you can see that it starts right here. Uh, That they've grown apart and they're on different... They're not communicating anymore. Uh, which is which is always interesting. It's always interesting to see characters lack communication. Um, but even if you didn't know that she was going to leave, like you could look back on it and say, "Oh, this has been something that's been laid through since the beginning of the story." And it's it's a really powerful sort of scene. And it ends with this sort of moment of perky introspection where he says, uh, "The chicken's flown the coop" because she refuses to go to Metabelius Three with him. Uh, she chooses to go to Lanfarfach which is in Wales. Um, to go check out Global Chemicals and to fight against the man. Because can I tell you how much Jose- I love?
0: Hey. Can I tell you how much I love that this uh, this episode takes place in Wales, where like the entire new series is basically filmed.
1: <laughs> it's, it's it's a good it's a good like thoroughfare really. I, I I really do like that. Although it is kind of offensive to Welsh people. Like it's 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 not. You know, they don't exactly portray the Welsh as, as a good people. Let's be honest, it's a little well, more, uh, London-y for me. I'd say that's <laughs> if... a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> all the Welsh people are saying boyo, and, and it's, 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 you know, there's some points where, like, they're talking in such a thick Welsh accent that you're just like, what, who, but what? You know, <laughs> <It's> kind of <laughs> weird. Um... So, while this is going on, Joe and the Brigadier head off to Lanferfach, and uh, Perthwee heads off to Melodobilius Three, which I'll talk about in just a minute. Um, and Joe, uh, per- the Brigadier goes to Global Chemicals, which was where this um, death or whatever was reported, um, and Joe goes to this place called the Nuthatch, which, ah, uh, they could have picked a better word for it, let's be honest. <laughs> the Nuthatch <laughs> is not the best of places To be, Um, so Joe goes in and she's dressed like completely ridiculously. Like she's got overalls and she's kind of dressed like, like you know, like a like kind of a tomboy. But at the same time, she's wearing like this ridiculous white fur coat that's just absurd in the way that Joe dresses really absurdly. It's it's really it's it's
0: really weird because what she's wearing, like minus the coat, what she's wearing, it almost looks like they're trying to de-age her like a lot. Like I feel like she should be like licking. A giant lollipop, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but then you put the coat on her and she looks like, like an extra from Boogie Nights. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about her, in mm-hmm. any way.
1: I'm just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I was having issues with that. I don't... <laughs> it's 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 a bit of a disconnect. Let's let's be honest. Um, so so she goes into the nut hut. She just invites herself in, uh, which is weird. Um, and and she uh, she she goes into this laboratory and she meets this guy who's working over a um over a over a microscope and um I don't I don't think you would know this because um, I didn't know this when I first watched it but uh, she starts going in and knocking things over and making kind of a mess of the place and and uh, this guy who we find out very quickly is Professor Jones who's in charge of the Nut Hutch and this commune of hippies um he he. He's he's like kind of mad at her. This scene, in a lot of ways, actually mirrors the first scene between uh, Pertwee and Joe in Terror of the Autons, where she comes in and just starts making a mess of things and and starts like you know getting getting her nose involved and kind of acting as like a reaction against Liz, who would never have done something like this. And I think it's, that's one of those other things that just pushes you towards the Joe is moving on
0: mm-hmm. motif
1: that we have going through it. And like, if you think back, like I don't know, did you know that beforehand? No,
0: I hadn't. I hadn't seen her first appearance. I this is my first Joe
1: story. So. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. she's well. I think I think one of the things I like about this is even though it's her last story, it's a great first story because it shows you exactly what their dynamic is because it's so mm-hmm. perfect. Um But yeah, I've been meaning to watch Tear of the Autons, but I haven't seen it. Um, But it's it's kind of interesting how those two kind of parallel themselves. Um, So she meets with Professor Jones, and for some reason she decides to go up to uh, the mine to investigate for (laughs) whatever reason. Um, And while this is going on, the brigadier uh, investigates global chemicals, and he meets this guy named Elgin, who's this very Ponzi looking seventies guy in a suit who's wearing like big glasses and, and he's got a kind of a douchey mustache and, and he's meeting with Everyone Stevens has a
0: douchey mustache in this.
1: Yeah, it's like the story of the douchey mustache is what this is. Like it's it's It's, it's, it's an awful it's, lot of mustaches. It's 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 yeah, it's 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 not good with the lip ferrets and stuff. Um so the Brigadier vows to investigate what's going on because it doesn't seem like everything that Global Chemicals is doing is uh, is, is good, because they're promised like cheap petrol, which is gas for those who don't speak English. Um... <laughs> Sorry, um, and and they're saying that they're being really conser- like conservationalist, but you know their name is Global Chemicals. How how conservationalist are they? And um, well, and so the brigadier is like, I'm going to investigate. And while this is going on, this is my second YouTube because I just think you can't you can't talk about this without showing it. But the doctor goes to Metabelius three and oh, has God, the I worst day scenes. of his life. These are
0: this <laughs> <laughs> I loved those sequences because not only were they like just awesome but mm-hmm. like the thing that attacks the doctor when he first gets out and looks around and it just like grabs him and pulls him away. Like, like so freaking medical. scary. He was so scary. Yeah. Like I was just <laughs> yeah. like, that is legitimately terrifying that thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like it looked like something it's,
0: it's, out of the evil dead. Like it looks something like yeah, something out of a Sam Raimi movie.
1: It's totally jacked up, man. It's totally oh, jacked up. Yeah. Um, but the doctor like goes up against the stock footage of a snake, which is, hissing i guess and then he yeah comes up and then there's a hippogriff <laughs> the giant bird feet not even hippogriff just like a hippogriff like pair of feet like it's well they couldn't afford the amazing. whole hippogriff just <laughs> i know but it's so funny because you can literally you can almost see the cable that's just holding the feet up as it whips by it's just amazing it's it's so great um mm-hmm. and so the doctor um races back to his 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 tardis and and Apparently, people with sticks and stones and spears and a giant tentacle start attacking him as he disappears, and he runs back to unit. And there's this great moment where the phone's been ringing through all of this, and he's just like, I'll talk to anyone, and he gets in Bessie and drives off to Lawn Fairfax to join the action properly. Um, <laughs> which I think, I just, I love this sequence. It's going to be YouTubed. Uh, all it's YouTube's fantastic. Again, uh, all YouTubes, again, I'm posting his comments um, uh, beneath this episode, so go to the website, you, check out the comments. You know what comments. else I've noticed. Um,
0: the first time, uh, the first time watching this, this time, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 this is the first time I've noticed it, it obviously happens all the time, but I love how in, on an exterior shot of the TARDIS, when the doctor walks in and, and the, mm-hmm. do, the TARDIS dematerializes, it's like, he shuts the door and it goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, they don't yeah. give him time to walk over to the console or any, it's just yeah. instant. Um, but then, yeah, meanwhile, it's pretty, whenever it's, it's an interior thing, thing like it takes a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know, always it's like, like mm, "Where at at am I going to go?" A couple go?
1: seconds to take off, but yeah, it's, but it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just silly. funny because yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a it's instant. Yeah,
0: yeah, but it's just it's just something <laughs> so, that I never noticed before. But I noticed this time. It was like, huh, that's
1: weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a little unrealistic, he says about the magic blue box that dematerializes and travels through space and time. Um, I just <laughs> thought I'd point that out. Somebody um, should point so... that
0: out to Stephen Moffat so she can come up with this ridiculous explanation as to why that happens.
1: Yeah, there's a time, time inside the TARDIS.
0: Yeah. yeah, time within the TARDIS moves actually
1: a lot slower than outside. Mm, or, or yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's that's actually the explanation that they were going with. I think the doctor just didn't mess with the settings because he didn't realize it, um, and then someone must have told him off-screen, and then he fixed it at a certain point. That's what I think, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> that's my explanation. That's my explanation. Um, so Joe arrives at the mine, and for some, and this other guy is just like, "There's nothing bad down there." So he heads down, and Joe arrives and realizes that this guy who got poisoned by this green stuff um, managed to call up instead of like running for help, he like manages to call up to whatever and just say I'm poisoned so Joe who apparently knows first aid um, goes goes with the miner down into the shaft um, and and the doctor and the brigadier for some reason the doctor and the brigadier meet up and they head over to this to this um, this this mine shaft and they get in they run inside and they realize that someone's going down so they run inside and the elevator cart has gone out of control, and that's kind of where we leave it, and it's mm-hmm. it's a strong cliffhanger, I think. Not the best, but, you know. this I, I, A couple um, of things I want
0: to mention here. Um, number right. one, I love the fact that we're on our second Pertwee story, and our second Pertwee story that takes place in Mines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a curse, so, I think.
0: So that's funny. Um, mm-hmm. Two, I, I, I love that this is the beginning of... In this episode, there's like a running gag or something. I don't know if it was done on purpose or what, but mm-hmm. Pertwee repeats things. Like, he says he says to do something, and the person's like, mm. no. And then he says it again, and they're like, okay. <laughs> like... <laughs> So many times during this, it's just like as long as Pert repeats it, they'll do it. But if he says it once, nope. So like he walks up to the guy and he's like, "Stop winding," and the guy's like, "What? No." And he goes,
1: "Stop winding," I said. And he's like, "Oh, okay." (laughs) So then he tries. (laughs) He's got a very very forceful second time. I think like his his second time is much more powerful than like the first time. You know, like I think that's just what it is. He's just maybe knows maybe, knows how to demand things again.
0: It cracks me up, um, but then we go into part two, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the the uh, mining cart, the elevator thing, is like falling to their doom, and I love this mm-hmm. sequence because <laughs> because Joe is barely moving like she's just going yeah. oh no and the the other miner is just like oh my god he's like falling all over the elevator i'm like yeah i think i think joe just went down to the mines with a drunk
1: yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like, he's like he's i like, can't i have no sense of balance oh <laughs> what's going on yeah and he's like
0: <laughs> grabbing onto her and i'm just like i think this guy's just trying to cop a feel honestly <laughs> like i don't He's just like, I've got you! And I'm like, I don't think she needs any help. You're the one
1: that can't stand up. This is why you don't drink on the job, kids. I think this yeah. is what Doctor Who is teaching us for this. Um, yeah. So, so, the Doctor also Also, sp- it teaches you that apparently the Welsh are drunks. Yeah, well, we're not... This story is not super kind to the Welsh, as we know. So, so it's only fair that they, they portray with the Welsh as poorly as they possibly can. Um so, the doctor stops the elevator with a crowbar. He just manages to find it and um, and uh, somehow this works um, and Joe and the miner climb out of the uh, out of the elevator and move into the caves and discover the other miner who 's collapsed, which is probably the funniest thing in the world because they like investigate some wall or something, and then they turn around and 're like oh there 's the guy passed out like right behind us we didn 't see him, which I think was really funny. <laughs> So um, the doctor wants to uh, go down into the caves to go rescue Joe, but the way that the the, the the elevator shaft works is one cart can only go up and the other one can go – as the other one goes down. So it's kind of like a pulley system, you know, which mm-hmm. I think is not the safest of things, but there you go. <laughs> you know, You know,
0: mining in general isn't really the safest of things. Yeah, yeah. I would,
1: I would agree with that. That's, that's a fair statement, I think. <laughs> so, so um, they're like, we need some, we need some cable cutters. Uh, so they, so and the nearest place that they know of uh, is the Global Chemicals, and they they go there um, and they meet up with this guy named Mister Fell, um, which is not the best of names, Mister um, Fell, uh, and Mister Fell. He's kind of a dick, um, and, and uh, Mister Fell, as we find out, has just "Quote unquote," been processed uh, by Stevens, um, who has who is taking orders from something, but we don't know what from yet. Um, and Mister Fell refuses cable cutters because. Um, they they don't they gave them away or they don't have them anymore and they're waiting on like laser tools which are going to be state of the art or whatever and uh, i think that this is global chemicals not being up to safety safety codes but <laughs> <laughs> instead of focusing on that let's just focus on getting joe out of the mine um, because if there's one problem that unit has in this story is that they can't pin anything on global chemicals and i think a, a, a mining co- via safety violation would be a really great way to just nail them, but uh, I guess we're not going to talk about that. So <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> so Joe, while this is going on, Joe and the miner, who I think his name is Bert, um, they they start heading out towards an alternate exit, um, and the doctor gets word from the brigadier that this is not going to work, and they they need to find other. Form a way to get him out. So the doctor just thinks like, "Oh well, Global Chemicals totally has this thing." So we get this really awkward sort of like moment where the doctor assumes something and goes on a wild goose chase for about half the episode, which is totally uh, pointless and fillery. But it's an oh, awesome. But goose it's chase. awesome. It's, oh, it's so awesome. So, <laughs> so he orders. He's, he gets to go. Uh, Professor Jones, hang on, we're almost there. He gets over to Professor Jones and's like, "I have a plan." And he orders the hippies to have a hippie parade to distract the security guards while he gets in a crane and jumps over the electric fence and runs around the facility, judo chopping the frack out of everyone. It's yeah. awesome. Oh,
0: <laughs> it's so, it's good. so awesome. <laughs> like oh. I want, I want another. D- I just, I just want. I Mm -hmm. want a doctor, I just want Matt Smith to just randomly, like, go into that at some point. Just, like, (laughs) take out, like, just, like, this, just, just this ridiculous group of, like, soldiers. Mm -hmm. And then, Mm -hmm. like, Amy and Rory are just like, um since when could you do that? He's like, always. I just don't always like to. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody likes to show off.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the best part about this is like, Pertwee takes out like four dudes in like one go and it's amazing. And I know that your Pertwee experience isn't, isn't very extensive yet. um, But Pertwee does this sort of thing all the time. Like it's his, it's his, I know it's so good and like it's one of those things where it's like I'm not huge on the doctor using violence but whenever he uses the the Venusian Akito that he uses it's awesome every time mm-hmm. it's just it's just great every time um and uh, it, it's, it's, it's totally pointless. Like, the sequence doesn't even matter, because the Doctor is totally captured. He meets up with Stevens, and, and he's like, well, show me your, your cutting tools. And Stevens shows him that they really don't have any cutting tools. And then the Brigadier randomly finds other cutting tools. So this was just a huge space waster. But who cares, because it was so much fun. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> Um, and I love the hippie parade. Like it's just like Professor Jones running around the like just walking down the street with like a giant drum, just like randomly beating against it as other hippies like walk with signs and like a, a tambourine. Like it's just amazing. And an accordion. One had an accordion for frack's sake. Like it's just amazing. Um, <laughs> oh god, I love this show. Um, <laughs> so um, the brigadier gets some cutting tools. So they cut. The cable and they go down into the mine, and for some reason, Joe's miner friend Bert happened to see some green goop on the wall, which is, you know, lovely, and he touches the green goop.
0: Why? I, love, I-, I love that too because she's like, don't touch it, and he just ignores her. But later, the same exact <laughs> shot, only it's the doctor and Ernie. and... Yeah. And he's like, don't touch that. And Ernie's like, oh, all right. <laughs> Wait, did you say the guy's name is Ernie? Are you sure that's his name? No, I'm making that up. I'm just... Oh, okay.
1: I was about to say, Bert the, and Ernie, that's a huge coincidence on no, the, the show. No,
0: awesome. the one guy's name is Bert, so I'm just calling the other guy Ernie, because I don't know what his er, name that is. That only
1: makes sense. Let's be honest. That <laughs> only makes sense. Um, yeah. Well... Huh? But that's the best part, is when the doctor's, like, investigating, and he's looking after Joe. Um, <laughs> the, the guy, the other guy walks up, and then he's just like, what is that? And he just goes to touch it, and the doctor pretty much, like, slaps him away. Just like, are you stupid? Like, why are you touching random green things? Like, I don't touch random green things if I see it on the wall. I call an exterminator or poison control. Uh, or my mom. I guess my mom would know what to do. Um, yeah. I'm not above that. I just <laughs> do that on a podcast. I mean, really, People like, what? what is it with with, like, just, like, the regular...
0: Um, we'll call them the red the red shirt humans on Doctor Who. Like they're kind of it. They're like toddlers. Like they just yeah. They just see stuff and they they want to touch it. Like no 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 don't 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 put, don't put the chemicals in your mouth. That's don't, no
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> what are you What are you doing with that fork near the electrical socket? <laughs> nah, that's bad. No no. That's a Dalek socket. No. You know, just like oh god. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 they're not the smartest of folk, no. Um, but no, they're Welsh. That's probably why. Sorry, oh, Welsh oh, people. I'm, oh, just, oh, okay. I'm Sorry, I'm sorry, Welsh people. I don't mean it. I'm just going by the context of the episode. Um, so uh, Bert collapses because he just gets so sick that he can't handle it, and he's infected, and he's his hands are glowing green. Um, and he's just like, "Go on," and she's like, "No," and he's like, "Go on," and she's like, "Okay," and so she goes forward. Um, which, <laughs> See, everybody repeats things to get the point across, yeah. which I, I guess it works every time. Um, yeah, it does. And, it does. And it's a it's so a doctor, little it's a little and,
0: hacky writing quirk that this guy has apparently.
1: Yeah. Which, which I'm okay with, um, <laughs> because it's funny every time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the doctor and uh and, and Ernie, I guess we're calling him, and a couple other guys come across Bert and they're like, Oh no, let's let's go take him up and the doctor's like, Well I'll push forward and find Joe and Joe um goes after her uh, go is is heading towards the exit of the shaft and she comes to this like kind of like this open cavern area that it's like, you know, one of those rock pockets that is just like airy sort of rock pocket. And, <laughs> I, I like rock buckets. That's like the caveman version. Um they just eat rock buckets. Um and so so they, they go into she finds this cave and this cave is full of like green goop and giant maggots. Um This was this was sick. This was sick. Yeah, it's 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 really gross. Like, it, I have I have a thick stomach for most things, but, like, even then, like, every time I see mag like, these maggots, they're just so gross and nasty, and, and they hiss, and they have, like, three teeth, but they're, like, exactly where you don't want the teeth to be in their mouth. It's just, oh, they're gross and nasty. Um, so just, the, doctor, the doctor goes and, and meets up with Joe, and she's scared, and he's like, WTF? And they're like, let's get out of here. So they run in the other way, and there's this random cave-in, which uh it's random um it, it happens because it needs to happen and um and they're like oh no and they look and there's so between them there's a, they're they're stuck in a rock and a hard place and in this case the hard place is uh maggots uh, and that's what we <laughs> in the second episode um and then we move on then, okay, to it's, maggot lake episode 3 yeah <laughs> the, let's let's fa- let's ford across maggot lake like this is this almost reminds me of like uh, in part 3 it almost reminds me of um this opening reminds me of a, a like Oregon Trail like do you want to ford the river <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of silly like it's just oh, like uh, <laughs> Joe has died of dysentery <laughs> <laughs> Bert died Bert died of green goop poisoning like it's sort <laughs> of like <laughs> the doctor sadly makes it to Oregon, which is actually not far off from how this story ends um, um, so so they so they get in this mine car and they um and they and they start like fording it with like these paddles that I guess they find. Um, and while this is going on, um, I, I just really want to mention really quick. While this is going on upstairs, Professor Jones talks to one of the miners and basically just goes, "Global Chemicals is awful and stupid and, and evil." And then they cut away. Like it, they don't really need to tell us that what Global Chemicals is doing is wrong. I mean, it's it, it's in the name, Global Chemicals. Uh, I don't I don't trust that. Um, neither should you Uh, i guess i guess they're welsh so i'm so i'm so sorry i'm so sorry every time Uh, just okay this is getting bad i can't say that anymore because we're talking about we're
0: talking about the fictional welsh within the within the context of the story it's fine the welsh that the welsh that aren't really like the real we're we're making we're making fun of of the (laughs) episodes uh, uh, the episodes like take on the Welsh because it's so yeah, ludicrous. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not slamming real Welsh people. Please don't write emails telling me how I should. I should know more. Uh, I should know that the Welsh are cool because I do like the Welsh. I do like the Welsh. If I, you I send
0: slam. us an email, we'll just send you a YouTube of the Welsh doing something stupid in this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is, I'm not actually joking about that. I will totally do that. <laughs> like this is proof. We get an email, flame war, we get a bad review on iTunes. (laughs) Proof. Look, that's what YouTube is for. YouTube is proof. proof. See, you touch the green goop. <laughs> that's what your people would do. Okay. Alright, alright. Was, was crossing the line. Um, Can we skip to the hippie party? Can that... Be? Yeah, almost. Almost. We're almost there. Um, the
0: tux-wearing hippie party. Um, no, no. Just just a hippie party, and the Briggs just shows up. He's a little overdressed.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, almost there. We're almost there. Um, so, while this is going on in Global Chemicals, uh, Fell and Engin. who um, so you might remember Fowl's a dick, and Engin's really well-dressed and totally looks like he's the 70s. Um... Uh, they're walking around, and and Fell is acting like a total jerk. Like he's just like he's just, he's one of those one of those great Doctor Who examples of of uh, really bad at being inconspicuous. Like he's just like he doesn't know how to answer any question. He's constantly taking like a no. Co- our company has no comment, and and he doesn't really know how to put two sentences together. Like he's just he's just kind of phenomenal. Um, and and the, the fell and engin um like engin's running around trying to get fell to tell him what happened, and we all know that fell got processed, so they go to this control room and fell starts to like empty certain like uh like empty different like tubes and pipes to whatever it 's a factory i don 't know how factories work sorry um and, and the doctor and joe managed to traverse this lake which is totally gross like it's 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 nasty there are maggots everywhere um and it's i'm going to be honest it's kind of shocking that maggots don't jump on them cuz as we find out later maggots can jump but um, it's, it's 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 thank god cuz these are gross looking maggots um uh, they're again gross, massive. gross maggots are they're- gross they're Close, massive, dude. They're like they're like a foot, foot and a half long. They're a no. They said they um, said they're two feet later on. Like oh god, sorry, I long. was I was underestimating. Yeah, yeah, two feet.
0: Ugh. god, um, they're larger than an infant. Like they, they yeah. Ugh.
1: <laughs> they're they're just gross, Ola. Um, so, (laughs) they're climbing through this this mine shaft that happens to lead into Global Chemicals, although we don't quite know that yet, and the Doctor randomly decides to pick up an egg that he finds and just says, let's take this with us, which I know the Doctor's a scientist and he needs to be investigating what's going on, but uh, probably not the best of ideas. Um, (laughs) I mean, you just saw a bunch of maggots, What, what do you expect? Um, and while this is going on, they see this. Fell and Engin see this um... on the video monitor. They see Joe and the Doctor climbing through this mine shaft, and, 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 and Fell's just like, "I'm going to empty all the contents of our of our of our trash into this mine shaft, which where the, Joe and the Doctor happen to be." And Engin's just like, "You can't do that, dude!" And Fell's like, "Yes, I can." <laughs> In the way that only Fell can do it and and barely manages to pull the doctor and um Joe out of this uh hatch in time um which is which is nice um I don't know what what do you think about Mr. Fell I think he's so crazy <laughs> he's just so funny Which me. which one which guy is this again Fell was the guy who was bald, kind of. He was a little bit bald. Not the oh, guy. Oh um, yes, the guy who got brainwashed. If you remember, I
0: I like him.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, he's one of those guys who's like one of those. Um, he's 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 not the best of actors. Um, he's okay, but uh, not the best. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> he made he he made me laugh several times throughout.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. Oh. While this is going on, Brigadier is trying to shut down Global Chemicals, um, and they're just like, "You can't get involved." And the Brigadier's like, "Yes, I can," and, and he like calls up the Prime Minister, who's meeting with like his cabinet, and the cabinet dude is like, like, why are you bothering with this?" And the and Brigadier's like, "Well, you can't. You, they, we need to shut them down because they're acting unsafe, probably because of the mining code violations." Um, and the Brigadier like the Brigadier just keeps getting blocked by the unit bureaucracy which like he quotes paragraph 17 and the guy fires back like paragraph 18 and all this stuff and it's just so funny watching him get shut down by the evil unit bureaucracy I think because <laughs> they can't seem to escape it ever um, so so Fel, um, Fel runs away from uh, Engin and Joe and the Doctor he runs to Stevens, and he's like, "I have a headache." And Stevens like, "Well, we'll reprocess him." And the and they he starts to get reprocessed, but this voice, um, which we don't know what it is, but the voice recommends uh, they self destruct, Mister Fell. So Mister Fell takes off these giant '80s boombox noise canceling headphones that are used to process people, and they
0: really, he- I, I honestly like I. When I first saw those headphones, I was like, "Are the Cybermen involved in this somehow?" <laughs> yeah, they kind of look like that. I guess they don't. They don't. They. Um, yeah, I was just like, that looks like the thing that's on the top of a Cyberman's head. Like,
1: yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a little big, a little, yeah. a little large. Um, so Fell basically <laughs> runs out of the room past the Doctor Engin and Joe and just jumps off a like a ledge and it's kind of dark um <laughs> because he dies um and, and i'm only laughing about this because we then smash cut to like engin's body dead on the ground and some guards who are like oh crap and they don't even look up to see where he jumped from and then we smash cut to like a dinner scene at the nut hutch <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the best it's the best <laughs> smash cut and the thing that, that
0: cracks me up about this is you you haven't mentioned it, but um, the brigadier through this has been in civvies. He's been wearing like mm-hmm. a like a, a suit, you know, t- yeah. Not not even a suit because it was two different colors. So it's just like was it? He's, yeah, he's just wearing a blazer, like a double breasted <laughs> blazer. Like he looked like he was like he was going to like the prep club, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then and so like he's doing that, and so we come to this party scene, and I guess to make up. For the fact that he was in civvies. Like, he just shows up to the hippie party in a tux.
1: (laughs) And and I was watching this with my girlfriend earlier and she pointed out, like, like, he must have packed this when he was packing for, like, Lawn Fairfax. Like, he was just like, I gotta pack my tux. Like, I just gotta. Well, the brigadier
0: is ready for any situation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he should, I think he has one of those really special cars that we never get to see. It's kind of like, like Brigadier has its own version of Bessie, and the car is kind of like the Knight Rider, and it just <laughs> randomly has the ability to change him into whatever clothes he needs to change into. That's what, mm-hmm. that's my theory. Um, let's show it that. It must be. But, uh, that's something missing from Doctor Who yeah. Lore. Um, well,
0: it just, just in general, I I really want to see the Doctor's Closet during the Pertwee era, because... Oh, Yeah. The outfit that he's he's, all the he he starts wearing in the part in the party sequence and then through the rest of the rest of the uh, story is just fantastic mm-hmm. with like the vest and like the mm-hmm. colors like the navy with the gray frilly shirt It's just jacket. it's awesome yeah oh it's mm-hmm. so good
1: so good. I love I love Pertwee's outfits his, his, like uh, he's one of those he's one of those doctors like I'm actually in the Nathan Turner camp when it comes to like the doctor should kind of have a consistent outfit. Um, but Pertwee, like, his is more based on conceptual idea than it is about, like, a set sort of rules. Like, like mm-hmm. Davison's outfit is the same always. Um, Colin Baker's, you know, it's defined by the coat. Um, Sylvester McCoy's is defined by, like, the, the overcoat, the pullover cardigan, and uh, his cane, you know? But, like... Pertweez is defined by, like, a frilly shirt, a giant bow tie, a smoking jacket, and slacks. And it's, it's, and it's great. Like, every time. And, like, a vest. And it just looks so good every time. And I, mm-hmm. I, I love that about him. Like, even in the first scene, he's wearing, like, his typical green outfit, which he wears all through uh, his final season. Because he's always in a green outfit for the final season. But like this, he has kind of like a navy with like a red trim on it. And It looks really classy. It's really, it's a good look. I
0: love, I think this is my favorite outfit of his that, I, that I've mm-hmm. seen. Um. I
1: think I would agree. I think it's it's definitely one of my. It's just real classy, but it's got that doctor feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's a little off kilter. Um, it's not. <laughs> what is this? Welcome to John Pertwee's Fashion Hour on the Doctor's Companion. Everybody, I'll be Matt, uh, your co-host, and this is Scott, and we're going to be rocking out with you all night. Um, the uh, <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> it's just like you can, you could go through, and Pertwee's always changing it up, like you know, red blazer, blue blazer. But this is, this, I agree, this is probably my favorite of the ones that I've seen. Because uh, it's always good to look at Pertwee's outfit. Although, then again, Pertwee in that uh, that white muscle tee back in the Silurian was <laughs> badass. <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Na-
0: uh, Navy Pertwee,
1: yeah. Yeah, Good yeah, the sailor, sailor version with the tattoo and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so uh, the brigadier is wearing a tuxedo, and per- John Pertwee, the doctor, sorry, the doctor, uh, heads out to go take a phone call. Um, why they called him, I don't know, but they did. Um, and the brigadier's like, "Oh, I'm so, I'm so full, and this was so delicious." And Doctor <laughs> Jones, the the professor, Cliff Jones, who uh, Joe is. Uh, quickly becoming more enamored with uh, goes, that wasn't meat, that was actually fungus, and the Brigadier is just disgusted. Like he <laughs> in this, I love it, we were I was actually I saw you tweeting uh, with my girlfriend Cassandra earlier and it, you guys were talking about like him and Ron Swanson. Like he is such a man in this, like he is just <laughs> like I want a slice of Holy beef like in the like in the first episode, where, he did, where the
0: professor is just like, he's like, he's like, no, there's so many things wrong with, or no, it wasn't the professor, it was it was Joe, but Joe was like, there's so mm-hmm. many things, you, they're doing these awful things, chemical, international, or whatever, they're doing these awful mm-hmm. things, and it's it's horrible, and like, they're doing this and this, and they're changing coal to gas, and he's just like, what's wrong with that? More petroleum, that's what exactly what the world needs. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's 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 great. Cause, like, I don't I don't think I ever really see the Brigadier as like, you know, the dude on uh on Doctor Who, but like he is totally the dude in this and it's phenomenal. Like it's just it's just oh it's so good. <laughs> My favorite is still the line in like episode six where he's like, I wish I just had a slice of beef and you're just like, Yes <laughs> Um <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so while this is going on, the brigadier is kind of upset that they fed him fungus, um, but it was really good tasting fungus. Um, and uh, Professor Jones starts talking about how he's going to go to the Amazon and explore the world, and the brigadier is like horrified, like why would anyone want to go to live in the wilderness, which is not as manly. I mean, hiking and camping, those are manly activities. Um, hence, why I don't like to do them. Um, <laughs> what? What? Um, so, anyways, I, <laughs> I don't. I like, don't either. I stay as far away from outdoors as possible. Ah, so. God, I can't. I can't go camping. I just. I've tried, and I. I can't. No,
0: I, camping uh, is not not for me. Like I. I get uncomfortable around seven p.m. during a walk in the park. Like, <laughs>
1: just like someone's gonna come over, someone's gonna shiv me, and it's not gonna be good. Oh no, no! I'm it's just insects, insects. Oh really? Ugh. Oh yeah. Oh oh, just, yeah. you must have hated this story then. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, I just realized. That's
0: I have really a, funny. <laughs> I I have like a a uh, a absolute like like bugs just in general, just like they just like. Just, skee- they just—they just yeah. skeeve me out. Yeah. Like they're just right. like bleh. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not scared of them or anything, but I am terrified of bees, hornets, wasps, like anything with a stinger. Like I just—I <laughs> run and scream like a little girl. Like they're like oh, they're like man. my phobia. Yeah.
1: Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to talk about episode six. Uh- <laughs> Um, so, so while they're having fun and having a good time, the doctor walks in and says that Bert's dead, which is great. Way to be a buzzkill doctor. Um, (laughs) and, um, and Joe is really off, like just sad and it's like, I shouldn't have left him and, and Professor Jones consoles her and is, and he has this really great moment about how, how, uh, Bert is, you should be grieving and you don't, don't feel sad and grieving because you know, he was a person and all people are special, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> and so then, um, they're about to kiss, and the doctor uh, randomly comes in and is like, and is like, oh, ha, ha, ha. for some reason, they I think they interrupt it because the brigadier's going home, and and Professor Jones goes to see him out, and there's this really great moment where again, going on the this what I love about this story, and you can compare it to most other stories, is rarely do you see um like a really strong character progression through these stories, and. There's this great moment right here where the doctor pulls out this blue crystal that he got from Metabelius 3 and he shows it to Joe and Joe is just not impressed. She's like she's like I'm reading about the Amazon and I'm 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 really into it and it's very interesting and it's and it's just one of those things where like you can see the doctor and Joe are really quickly growing apart and it's 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 just lovely how they're doing it and it's it's really strong character work um in ways that you know I love the classic series, but I can't say it's always the best of character-driven stories. I mean, that's just the way that things were being written back then. But, like, I love I love this. I thought it was so good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm talking again. Um, so, <laughs> the Doctor, like, like uh, shoves the crystal in his pocket and is kind of sad, and he heads out the door, and Professor Jones is coming back to say say uh, goodnight to Joe and... Whatever that means, um, and the doctor just kind of pulls him away and is like, "Hey, can you explain this to me?" Like, which I think is really interesting. Again, it's like it's like the doctor. You can tell that the doctor's threatened, and he's and he's doing his best to deal with it. And in this case, dealing with it is like pulling do- Professor Jones away. So Professor Jones is like, "Good night, Joe," and she's like, "Good night." Um, and then <laughs> and then the egg hatches, which we all knew was happening. <laughs> We're gonna happen, and. <laughs> the- <laughs> we get another shot of the maggot crawling which is horrifying um, crawling across the I know it oh, it's so rough crawling across the floor and it and it slowly creeps up towards Joe who's not paying attention because uh, she's reading about the Amazon and uh, that's where we end the episode and it's it's again I think the cliffhangers in the story they're not always the best. But they're really strong cliffhangers. Like you get to the end of this episode, and you're like, "Oh my god, I need to know what happens next." Which is exactly mm-hmm. what this cliffhanger, you know, should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm actually surprised because even though this is kind of, it's very padded, and it's about to become very much more padded. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm always impressed by like the way this story starts. It's like a really strong first half. I think um, just going through it uh, <laughs> any all the show. six part stories are padded though. You know. Uh, like, I don't know, man. Talents of Wing Chiang, not so much. It's it's pretty awesome. All right. You gotta watch that. You gotta watch it. It's just great. Um, that's one. But more than not, I think you're completely right. Like I just watched um, uh, the Abominable Snowman this week, and that story did not need to be six parts at all. Like it, oh, it would have been so much better if it was just four. Um, but you're you're right. It's uh, that's part of my problem with the Perdewiara is like. Perdewiara stories are like uh, the season is two four-part episodes and three six-part episodes uh, stories, and it's just oh god, oh it's so long. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be, um,
0: especially when you could have taken those, you could have made mm-hmm. a bunch of four-part stories and one six-part mm-hmm. story, or yeah, ins- you know,
1: instead of having five five stories a season, you could do you know the Tom Baker six stories a season. Uh, or even yeah. the uh the Peter Davison cuz what Davison did what they did during the Davison era is Nathan Turner was like I'm I'm only going to do four part stories and because there were two episodes left over they just did like a real quick two part story. Mhm. Which is always, you know, it's a little fun it's a little diverting. Uh it's not, you know, it's not as, you know, big as the four parts but it's, you know, it's pretty sweet. Um but that's one of my problems with the six parts, and I understand why they did it. Like six-part stories are much cheaper to produce than a four-part story, than two, than like two and a half four-part stories, or whatever, um, mm-hmm. because they use less sets and all that stuff. Um, but you're right; like it's 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 unfortunate if you ask me that things didn't need to be six parts. Like Planet of the Spiders, I love Planet of the Spiders, but that did not need to be six parts.
0: Um, oh, but it's but it's so glorious!
1: <laughs> it is. It's a great six parts. But like again, you hit uh, like episode four or five, and and then the doctor's on Metabelius three, and it's just ugh, just grinds. You're wild, right. As we're about to hear, um, it so, does.
0: Planet of the Spiders really does have one of the best chase sequences ever.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 pretty phenomenal. Oh like, like oh god, did I can't wait to talk <laughs> about that. When did that guy manage to like how did he run across an entire runway put on a helmet and hijack <laughs> an entire helicopter with no one noticing like <laughs> I don't understand
0: Oh god I can't wait to talk about that I love it's, it so oh, it's much.
1: Ma- it's magical that chase sequence is like and it's uh, so pointless and self indulgent but who cares it's yeah. just great Um there's the that's, that's, movie, that's that's a lot of that's a that's a lot of the Pertwee era just, as I'm yeah. learning
0: Mm-hmm. pointless yeah, and self-indulgent it's... but magical
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's what I love about the stuff like that, that chase sequences was literally just thrown in to like throw a bone to John Pertwee who was like hey I want a chase sequence so they gave it to him because they hadn't really done it and I love that like that's what I love about John Pertwee is like more than any other doctor, I think he really was able to throw in all his ideas because his doctor interpretation was um, very much like they were. He was told to play himself, so he just did that. And so, anytime he was just like, you know, I would like to do some karate, so they let him do some karate. And I would like to do a sword fight, so they let him do a sword fight. You know, um, mm-hmm. which I just I showed you that sword fight this week. Oh, awesome, brilliant, brilliant. I know. If you haven't seen it, The Sea Devils features a sword fight between John Pertwee and the Master, and it is. Incredible! Like it is one of the best sword fights I've ever seen in my life. It's just <laughs> genius. It's brilliant. It's—I um. know—it's so good. Um, uh, gosh! Um, so we come back in part four, and we we get um, a really nice out of this of this cliffhanger. I like cliffhangers. Um, we're gonna see it. In, in a couple weeks, in the deadly assassin. But I love a cliffhanger that is resolved because of information you didn't know. Um, so, like, what we don't know is that one of the people from Global Chemicals finds out about this egg that got out. So he's infiltrating the nut hutch to try and get the egg back. So he just breaks into the nut hutch in the middle of the night, which is totally scary. Um, and and manages to see the maggot, and the maggot jumps on him, which is terrifying. Um, uh. <laughs> and, and and attacks him. Um, And there's screaming, and I think the (laughs) maggot gets away, which is the worst part of this, because holy crap, because apparently this maggot just... Sticks around until it dies in episode six, which we'll talk about in a minute. But like, if I were living in the nut hutch or staying in the nut hutch, and this giant maggot was was like prowling around this place, I would be fracking terrified. Like, I would be Uh like, get me the hell out of here! Like, oh man, no, do not pass go. I will leave my stuff. The brigadier can leave his tucks behind. I'm leaving. I'm the worst
0: inventor. Two two foot long maggots are the worst. Two foot long maggots with teeth. Worst infestation ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, I would call like a million exterminators. I would call every exterminator in my in the three ca- in the tri-county area of where I live and just call them all in and be like, "I will pay you ten thousand dollars to get rid of them," <laughs> and they would run away screaming because these things are terrifying. Um. So, so while this is going on, unit plans to bomb this the mine shaft where the uh, where the maggots are because they don't want the maggots getting out, which is smart um and the doctor and professor jones do some science and they find they do some science which is again you can't get out of a poetry story without the poetry doing some science um they do some science does love looking in microscopes it's it's impressive honestly i i hate microscopes so at least at least someone's happy doing it it's good to know Mm -hmm. that those people exist um (laughs) <laughs> and they find out about the mine shaft, and they're like, "You can't blow it up. That's a really bad idea. We need to we need to examine it, and find some weakness for these maggots." And the brigadier is like, "You have thirty two minutes before I blow up the mine." So the doctor goes to to uh, Stevens, the director, um, who's still around. I'm like, find that out. He's still around, um, and he meets. Uh, Mike Yates, who is a uh, a unit fellow, um, he's he's one of the unit family. Of uh, the unit family is um, the brigadier Joe Benton and Yates. Um, uh, Yates shows up a little bit in Planet of the Spiders. I'm not too familiar with Yates. I haven't seen him that much. Uh, I know you're not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Mike Yates uh, is working with Global Chemicals as a unit as a unit liaison, uh, and the mine explodes anyways, uh, and the doctor gets really upset, um, and then. <laughs> And then the most terrifying thing happens as maggots start breaking through the countryside and start roaming around the countryside looking for food, which is absolutely terrifying. Uh, (laughs) Um, oh my God. Oh my God. Um, you just know that in, in the, in the, um, the narrative of the story that we don't see one of these, a bunch of these maggots just found a cow and just ate it. And you're just, uh, once you start thinking about that, that's kind of terrifying. Um, so while this is going on, Unit starts I hadn't to, thought that, but thank you for that image. I'm
0: you're, welcome. you're welcome. You're welcome. And you're welcome, everyone tonight. at home.
1: Yeah, you're welcome, everyone at home, for that image. <laughs> um, the worst part is, if we got a comment a couple weeks ago um, about someone who listens with their kid, and I am so sorry for that. I am... I am... I am. We can cut that out, right? We could probably cut that out. Yeah.
0: What, the maggots eating a cow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that not child appropriate? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I mean, not. It's not I, I don't know. I think it's fine.
1: Okay. All right. We'll leave it in. Sorry. Um, so, hey, so if didn't... I've
0: if I've got to have nightmares, everyone has. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Taking everyone Have down to... with
0: me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the things I do to this podcast. Um so the doctor um so not the doctor but unit starts looking and finding all the maggots breaking out through the countryside. So they start shooting at the maggots because <laughs> their <laughs> maggots go down with guns, right? Wrong. Well, these are armor-plated maggots. Um They're
0: bulletproof maggots. Bullet bulletproof like, maggots. Mm-hmm. I think, we just found,
1: I think we just found the title of our episode. <laughs> bulletproof Maggots. I, bulletproof I Maggots. There you go. Bulletproof Maggots. Oh. Um, right on the oh. podcast, too. Um, and, there's, and then there's like this scene. Um, I don't remember if it's here or later, but there's this great part where Units like, well, the bullets aren't working. Let's bring in a helicopter. So they bring in a helicopter. And... The, heli- the guy in the helicopter, like, instead of bringing, like, a proper helicopter that has, like, bomb bay doors and all this stuff, it's just a dude sitting in the passenger seat with a box of, like, bomb cartridges just dropping them on the <laughs> yeah. side of the helicopter. It me. <laughs> just- I was
0: laughing so hard. Because <laughs> you, for- you don't see that at first. You just see the one guy in the helicopter flying. And then you see the wide shot of the bombs dropping in the helicopter, and you're just like, they're just like, oh, they're dropping bombs, and you're like, bombs aren't doing a whole lot of damage. That's kind of odd. And then they show the guy in the helicopter with the cardboard box full of bombs because you know that's the safe way to take care of your bombs. <laughs> just keep them in a cardboard box. <laughs> I
1: just, <laughs> that's it's like that's it where I keep cuts, all my dude. bombs. I just I, budget cuts, man. Oh my god.
0: I just, you know, I rented out a storage unit and I keep all my <laughs> <bombs>. <laughs> <in> four boxes. <laughs> oh. It's got more
1: boxes. Yes, my storage unit just is, happens to be made of wood. Why? Why? I don't understand. I just. I just picture. I just picture like the
0: unit, like main guy, like coming to the brigadier and being like, okay. I need you to go down to the nearest general store and ask them if they have any boxes left over from shipping.
1: Because <laughs> we got, you know, like the guy, the guy who just takes Amazon boxes. Like, you want them? I got them. Here you go. I'll take them. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it is totally that guy. <laughs> and they send the
0: brigadier. And the brigadier is just like, do you, are, you, are you are you guys using those boxes? Because um. <laughs> we,
1: We've got. Him. We need him We've... for bomb storage. Um, don't <laughs> <Yeah>. ask. <laughs> oh my god! Guy is I love just, this like, guy. He's sitting,
0: he's sitting in the helicopter, and he's like, he's looking over the box, and he's
1: just like, <laughs> bloop, and like, just watching. like just dropping him out the side. Like the door is open, and he's just like tossing him out. Like it's like like watching where they fall too. Like as if as yeah. if there's like a, a targeting device involved <laughs> in that. Like. Like, this looks like a good spot. Drop, drop, (gasps) drop, drop. Oh, God. So so while this is going on, um, (laughs) this is probably my favorite part of the whole story. Uh, We're finally here. Uh, The doctor uh, wants to ask Yates what's going on. So he calls up Yates. And Yates um, manages to tell the doctor through code that he's constantly with the guard, so he can't get any time to, you know, give him some true stories about what's going on. Uh, So the doctor's like, I got this. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets it somehow. Somehow, I don't know how he does this, but he manages to steal a milk truck and put on a disguise Night, pretend he's a Welsh milkman and <laughs> sneak onto global chemicals? And it's, it's like. For <laughs> one thing, okay, before, I know you have things to say about this, and it's definitely gonna, about to get way funnier, but my favorite thing about this is the first time I watched this, I did not realize it was the doctor at Neither all. Did <laughs> not! <Neither> did <I. laughs> <It's just laughs> like, Why are we watching a scene about a Welsh milkman? And when I was you see like, it again, it's so obvious it's the Doctor. But, like, oh, my God, it's such a good disguise. Like, it's a legit, like, legit disguise. Like, I never would have noticed <laughs> unless, time, like, there was a scene the, later. Because I,
0: I rewound it and watched it again right after, right? As soon as I
1: realized yeah, it was him.
0: Yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and, like, it became really obvious. But the first time I watched it, it was like, is is the voice in the computer a <laughs> An, a Welsh milkman? <laughs>
1: like I thought he was like the big bad of that. Like he just randomly decided to show up. Like this is the bad guy right here. Yeah, because I had. I was like, what? What, what purpose is he serving? Like, I don't. I don't just, apparently, the Welsh just really needed milk. <laughs> because it's not like even a morning delivery like this is the middle of the afternoon like yeah the milk's probably been sitting in the truck a while it's probably gone bad and here's this milkman who's like I'm finally ready to deliver your milk and again (laughs) it's the doctor like it's the doctor like right be a welsh milk man it's like he's like again like he's like he's like oh my wife she 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 says to take it easy and and no one thinks i, I love- should be doing this but there i am <laughs> i love
0: i love the, the fact that the doctor comes prepared with this whole backstory for this welsh <laughs> man the guy the guy at the game. The, the security <laughs> guy at the gate is just like, yeah, okay, whatever, go, go. And the doctor kind of looks disappointed
1: that he doesn't get to keep going. It's like the doctor just stays up late at night coming up with backstories for characters. Because his next to size totally has a backstory and you know it. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> So, 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 okay, so here's the thing that's
0: really funny about this,
1: is, when I,
0: as soon as I realized it was the Doctor, rewound it, watched it again, I was watching it, and I was just like, oh my god, I was like, this reminds me so much of Mrs. Doubtfire,
1: and then the <laughs> next thing happened! <laughs> Hey, this is why that's funny. Because the doctor, first of all, apparently milkmen are given like completely unfettered access to global chemicals. Because just like walking around, and no one's saying that this is wrong at all. They're just like, oh yeah, that's the milkman. That's Barney. He just comes in and replenishes the milk stock. So the doctor goes into like <laughs> like a um like a broom closet. And there's an alarm that goes off. That's like, oh, the milkman... There's a, there's a rogue milkman walking through the facility. Um, I'm pushing through. And so then, And I'm YouTubing this so you can all see how friggin' awesome this is. Mike Yates is walking down a hallway with this guy and there's a cleaning lady on this wall just like polishing the wall and they're waiting for an elevator Yates turns around and the doctor is dressed like a cleaning lady and he's penciled into the wall get rid of him and he's pointing at the thing and it's the funniest thing I have ever seen in my life it's just amazing (laughs) And I swear to God, you have to see it on the YouTube, because not only that, but he plays it in character, <laughs> where Yates is like, I like that outfit, and Pertwe literally sounds like this. He's like, do you? <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> 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 oh my god, it's the funniest thing in the world, and it's YouTube, and I swear to god, if you're gonna watch one YouTube, you have to watch it, because it is so friggin' hilarious. It is. <laughs> it's. It's. It's brilliant.
0: It's. It's in my top five favorite moments of Doctor Who ever.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And like.
0: Just, oh
1: my I god! I cannot tell you this is like the fifth time I've watched it and it is still so funny <laughs> because he, he goes and brings Yates into like a shed like a, like a, a room and, and they manage to talk a, a little bit about what's going on and then Stevens and the guard manage to like come back and say oh Mr. Yates we were looking for you and the doctor like turns away and starts like cleaning off the surface and then goes, Oh chip chip chocolate like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's just totally in character. It's amazing. Like, it's it's so funny and completely ludicrous and I love like characters dressing up as different characters and it is just the best example of that I have ever seen in Doctor uh. Who. It's <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I'm serious guys I'm only YouTubing the part with the cleaning lady but even the milkman is so funny like it's just and it's totally it's again it's one of those really self-indulgent we things like no other doctor would ever ask to do this but we totally <laughs> asked you know it because he wanted to flex his acting muscles it's awesome
0: <laughs> oh man <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> so good Oh. Um, okay oh, do you have anything else to say about that because it's, I'm sorry, we've spent a lot of time on it but I'm telling you, it is totally worth it go check out the YouTube, it is amazing um, oh no, it's just me? it's genius <laughs> in this every way. <laughs> yes
0: She's, it's so funny <laughs> I couldn't believe it reminds me so much of the <laughs> <laughs> and then the cleaning lady turns around
1: <laughs> it's totally the doctor like even with like the milkman he like had glasses and a mustache but for this he like put his hair up in a do-rag and he like didn't even bother to like put on anything it's just like burnt wheat and drag and Okay, all right, all right, okay, (laughs) we have to move on, because we spent like ten minutes on this, but it's so funny. (laughs) (coughs) You mean us laughing hysterically doesn't make for a good podcast? I would say I would say it's oh I can't even say that because that would be really insulting to comic geek speak um uh, um <laughs> oh. sorry sorry um oh. so so the doctor um, low sorry. blow low blow I know I know but I'm not above that um, <laughs> so the doctor manages to instead of like pretending to be another person which is I guess random although I would have loved that um he puts on his outfit again. And decides to go explore the top floor, which is where the mysterious boss is located. Because Stevens, it turns out, is taking orders from someone else. Um, And he finds that out from Yates. So he goes to the top floor and he meets this voice that we've been hearing throughout the first four parts. And um, we find out (laughs) that the voice is the computer. So... Um, we we finally, I think it's really interesting that now we meet the bad guy of the story the bad guy is this evil computer that's ordering uh, Stevens and running global chemicals from the top and he calls himself the boss and uh, that's that's where we end the magnificent part 4 um, <laughs> in which not much happened but it was still awesome because um, <laughs> really nothing happened in part 4 Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I just sent Matt the title. Okay. Of the that's that's the episode title. That's the episode title. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I'm not
0: spoiling it for you guys. Not that you don't already know what it is.
1: But I just found it, so that was my gut reaction to what the title was. Um. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Boy. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Part five. <laughs> Part five. Um. So the Doctor meets the boss, um, which is this giant computer which is linked to Stevens, which is, I guess, cool because there's an evil evil computer. Um, the Doctor has no patience for this computer. He thinks it's completely crazy, so he's walking around exploring and he's throwing paper and, and all this stuff. And so he fires this complex paradox at the computer, which is one of those classic things like, if God exists and God can do anything, could God create a sandwich that is so big that he could not himself finish it? But the Doctor chooses the one that is... Um, the next thing I'm telling you is the truth, and the last thing I told you was the lie, which is a it's a good paradox. I love it when they throw in those like word paradox puzzles things. Um, the doctor smugly tries to walk out um, after throwing this paradox at the boss, uh, but Stevens and a couple of guards in- encounter him, and he's suddenly stopped and captured by the bad guy again, which is which is lovely. Um, so while this is going on, uh, Joe. Sorry, I lost <laughs> lost my place. Um the uh Joe and uh, Professor Jones are on the battlefield, and they're looking at the um the bombing and this is where the bombing actually occurs um the, the helicopter bomb dropping guy um and and it turns out that not only are these maggots bulletproof but they're also bomb proof which is which is love which is not terrifying um and, and um the doctor um the doctor is hooked up to uh, the processing thing because they want to process him. And the doctor, it turns out, can't be processed because he thinks of just complex math problems and just solves it. And <laughs> the, compu- the boss wastes a-, a, um, a bunch of energy trying to process him, but he can't do it because the doctor knows every digit that there is to know about pi. Um, so the doctor gets, <laughs> gets thrown into this random room with chains dangling from the ceiling, which is uh, kind of kinky, uh, kind of a little bit kinky. Um, a little bit. A little and, bit. Not the first time. Won't be the last. No. No. Certainly not. Certainly not. Um, and uh, while this is going on... Oh, I totally, I totally forgot about this. But in the last episode, um, Joe and uh, Professor Jones are doing experiments to try and figure out what's going to break this poison thing, um, and Joe <clears throat> spills a bit of fungus on the slides and... Professor Jones gets really angry, um, and and kicks Joe out, so Joe leaves to go get Professor Jones a maggot, and Professor Jones, like, freaks out. I forgot that this happened, sorry guys. Um, and chases after her, and Joe and Professor Jones get trapped in a cave, uh, with, I guess there's another maggot, there's a couple maggots in the cave, but they, they try to radio for assistance, but there's nothing doing, and that's when the bombing starts happening, so they're trapped in a cave, that's what's going on. I apologize, I forgot about that, but it was worth it, um... So um so uh, while this is going out uh, the doctor uh, is is visited by Yates who manages somehow to get away from his guard person uh, and Yates pulls the doctor out and they start running r- they run away and <laughs> Yates gets trapped inside by a closing door because he wasn't fast enough, which I think is hilarious and the doctor runs for it and leaves Yates behind which is exactly. Exactly what a hero would do. Um, and the Doctor totally escapes in the milk truck, which I think is hilarious. Like, he just gets back in the milk truck, ruins a couple bottles of milk in the process, and just manages to get away. Um, and um, and he races over to the countryside where uh, Benton and the Brigadier are trying are, have found out that Joe's in the cave through a radio. And the Doctor... And Benton getting Bessie and draw and race to the cave. They manage to rescue Joe, but they find out that Professor Jones has been affected, infected, and he is like delirious. And he says serendipity, and um, and and <laughs> and they bring him back to the nut hutch, and. Uh, the doctor's in the lab and then all of a sudden Yates gets up from behind one of the counters like so so Yates has been sitting there for like god knows how long waiting for the doctor to show up or be alone or whatever which I, I don't know did you notice that like that was yeah. so funny because <laughs> Yates and Yates got brainwashed and he's pointing a gun at the doctor and he's like I'm gonna kill you and the doctor's like wait 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 and he pulls out the blue crystal and he randomly like twists the crystal, and he, and the brigadier is like with them, and he's like, "Wait, don't shoot him!" And, and the doctor's like, "Just chill." And the crystal manages to 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 swirly face Yates, and it Ugh. Yates Yates' the face spell. while
0: looking at this thing is priceless.
1: Yeah, oh, it's nice pretty choice. it's pretty gorgeous. I <laughs> to be honest. But my favorite thing about this is actually the part where like the doctor like manages to break Yates of the brainwashing and break and Yates collapses and he's like and the doctor's like, "Well, that was a close one." And then there's this great <laughs> this great shot where he turns to the Brigadier and the Brigadier's just staring off into space for like 5 seconds. <laughs> and he's just like, "Oh, come on." So the Brigadier got totally snagged by the crystal, which I think is really lovely. <laughs> Um. I just, I, I want,
0: I, I wish we could see that scene again, like from from the exterior, where the brig, where the doctor just like, look at, look at the crystal, Yates, look at it, and the brigadier's like, oh, what are we looking at? <laughs> and he just <laughs> kind of gets snagged by it. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that's pretty good. I would love that. Um, so so while this is going on, uh, Steven Stephen works on repairing the boss and preparing him for Global Takeover, which apparently just means that the boss wants to link up with every other computer in the world uh, to make a giant supercomputer, uh, which apparently, for those who don't know, is basically the Internet. Um, so we have the Doctor facing off against the Internet again, um, which we're actually going to see. Uh, not, not quite soon, but in a, in a story coming up where the doctor, uh, faces off against the internet. Cause that's really all that the machine is doing. It's not like, I, I mean, I guess it wants to turn people into drones, but all it's trying to do is link up with other computers so that it won't be so lonely. Um, so I think the doctor's in the wrong on this one, to be honest, but hey, what do I know? I'm not him. Uh, maybe the doctor again is scared of technology. Um... <laughs> so so um the doctor manages to uh tell yates, oh yeah, you did some good work because uh, you managed to not kill me because the the brainwashing was hampered by units uh anti brainwashing stuff i don't know it makes sense um and he uh and um yates goes back to um to um um global chemicals and he reports that the doctor's dead and he manages to use the use the crystal to unbrainwash someone um but then um (laughs) right before he finds out what the boss is planning the guy basically gets killed for no reason just randomly dies um and then steven confronts yates and is like aha mr yates i knew you were here the whole time and that's our cliffhanger um, I think it's a weak cliffhanger, to be honest. Of all the ones that we've seen, it's probably the weakest. For, for especially for the penultimate episode of the story. Yeah, like yeah, especially 'cause, you know, the penultimate episode needs to have the biggest like fist pumping caves of Andrazani almost like oh yes, push us into the end game sort okay,
0: of let me, let me let me stop it right there. Nothing is better than the penultimate cliffhanger of
1: of caves. No, I, 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 believe me, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, it needs to have that sort of vibe, you know, like it, it needs to be that in that direction rather than just like, you know, it can't, you can't have your standard, uh oh, it's the end of you know, like it's the end of the episode, sort of cliffhanger to your second to last cliffhanger, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or to your last cliffhanger, I guess. That mm-hmm. it just it's it, it's very weak, especially when you consider that the other cliffhangers were like Joe traveling down into the mine, the maggot reveal, the boss reveal. Uh, the, mm-hmm. And the maggot creeping up against Joe. Like, those are really strong cliffhangers. And, like, you know, then you get to this one, and it's kind of like a whimper, um, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. But uh, gladly, happily, this doesn't really um, end with a whimper. Although it does start with one, because we come back to part six to the doctor doing more science and trying to figure out what um, the serendipity comment meant. And, and <laughs> Joe is like, and um, Joe is like, well,. Uh, I don't understand what serendipity means, and and they pump Jones full of antibiotics, and um, randomly this maggot that's been hanging out in the in the nut hutch comes up against like the roast beef flavored fungus that they were making for dinner, and it tries to eat um <laughs> it tries to eat the fungus. And it dies, so we find out that the fungus is actually uh, the thing that uh, works against both the maggots and the disease, which the doctor explains as the serendipity comet, because Joe knocked over some of the fungus onto the slides, and then the slides got better, and there is no more poison. So fungus cures all things, which is lovely. Um, and Benton, (laughs) I want to know your reaction to this, but Benton, at at an early point in the episode, (laughs) walks in with a broken chrysalis, which is like a, like a, you know, the, the pupae version of the maggot, if the maggot is the larva, or whatever, I don't know science. Um, (laughs) he brings in like a broken chrysalis, and there's this moment where they're like, well, what was in the, what came out of the chrysalis? And the doctor's just like, well, we're in trouble. Uh, what was your response to that, man? Did you have a good time?
0: <sighs> I was like, when when I saw them br- bring it, bring that in, I was just like, oh god, no! <laughs> that was pretty much my reaction. <laughs> and oh. then, and then the shot where they're where they're driving, and then they drive past the cliff where it's hanging mm-hmm. out. I was like, oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So what so what happens is they they all get into they, Benton and the doctor get into Bessie, and they um. And they have, like, a giant uh, bag full of uh, fungus. And they start throwing it out to the maggots to just mass kill all the maggots. Um, And they pass this giant wasp, which is hanging out on a cliffside and just, like, waiting for them, apparently. Um, And and yates is yates is um yates is chained and yates is chained up i'll just mention this really quickly yates is chained up all kinky like uh and he's gonna be total processed, but somehow he and and so they've taken away to be totally processed, but he manages to push them into an elevator and escape uh which is convenient um not gonna lie um and then we get we get the moment uh, a little bit later where the doctor realizes how to beat the infection where he asks Joe what happened in the lab to cause uh, Professor um, Professor Jones to say serendipity, which the doctor explains is a happy accident. And then we get this really awkward confession from Joe where she literally says, I had an accident, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, the do- Yates, Yates runs in and he's like, "Well, something's going down. The doctor realizes the fungus is going to cure the disease, so they give uh, they apply fungus to uh, the, uh, Professor Jones's wounds um, and start to cure the disease. Meanwhile, the boss and Professor Stevens are preparing for their ultimate thing where they're going to create the internet, uh, and the boss is singing like old school classic hymns. Which I think is really silly. Like he's singing Beethoven's Fifth and like "Ode to Joy" and ridiculous. This this is ridiculous. I was just like,
0: and the computer is singing now it's like it's
1: like not just singing it's like shower singing like if you put some water on and you started like hearing you like put it on a nice echo like you know something like that like that's Mm -hmm. what it feels like it feels like the show like the the boss is just kind of taking a shower in preparation for what's going on (laughs) I just think that's really funny um so the doctor um, the doctor attempts to infiltrate um Global Chemicals and he succeeds because the guard suddenly goes offline because of the computer preparing this thing and he manages to make it up to the computer while Steven is Stevens is running around and interfa- he finally puts on the giant boombox headphones and starts rocking out to try and finish the link up with the rest of the computers and um the doctor points the crystal at Stevens, and there's this really great moment where where the crystal wakes him up, and he's like he's like he realizes what he's doing, cause, and I guess Stevens is scared of the internet too, so see, so he starts like preparing to blow up the, the facility, and and the boss is like no, and the doctor runs out because Stevens tells him to, um, and <laughs> there's the great shot of Stevens like putting on the the um, headphones. And as he's preparing to shut it down, the boss shuts down. And so you zoom in on Stevens, who has a single lone tear <laughs> rolling down his cheek, which is just amazing. And then. <laughs> there's the there's an explosion. Perchwee running, which again, every time Perchwee gets physical, it's always kind of amusing. But I love the way Perchwee runs in this. Like he just he kind of has this really short stride to him, so he runs kind of like a girl. Um, sorry, all girls listening. I know you all don't run like this, uh, but he's running. He runs really funny, and he's sprinting away, and the the world explodes. Um, and then that's it. That's it for Global Chemicals. Um, and then we get what I think. Um, if if the Mrs. Doc fire sequence is the um, the funniest part, uh, this is probably my favorite part of the whole str- of the whole episode, uh, which is uh, Joe saying goodbye to the doctor, which is um, handled really well. I think it, it. We start with Professor Jones waking up and. Um, he talks to Joe and he's like, hey, do you want to come to the Amazon with me? And, and Joe's like, I'm sure. And she, she's like, well, I'm leaving unit. And she explains to the Brigadier that she's leaving unit. And then all of a sudden <laughs> Professor Jones is like, we're, we're getting married, aren't we? And Joe's like, what? Yay, we're getting married! Which is random. Uh, but the 70s, so I guess um, it's
0: okay. They might be rushing into the marriage thing. Maybe a little bit. It's like I'm speed. I'm just... You know? I'm just putting that out there. I
1: yeah. Maybe yeah. they've been eating too many mushrooms. A little too much fungus, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, regardless, weird. regardless, there's this big celebration. Everyone. It's one of those things where it's like, granted, I this is my own personal view on everything. but Whenever <laughs> someone says, like, someone says I'm getting married and they barely know the person, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like a really awkward sort of yay? You know, like very unsure of myself.
0: I, I imagine I this, this is what I imagine happened after this moment, is mm-hmm. they announce that they're getting married to everyone, and then suddenly suddenly Jones finally snaps out of the delirium that he was in because he just was like dying <laughs> and then he's like she's like, so what are you getting married? And she's, he's like, what? Married? What are you <laughs> talking about?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had a bunch of fungus, by the way I, I don't know yeah. if you noticed, but I was dying just a few minutes ago. <laughs> but, um, but regardless, unit and everyone starts celebrating because Joe's Joe's leaving, and they're all happy for her. Um, and there's this really great moment. This is the final YouTube of the thing because I think it's just just gorgeous, really. Where the Doctor and Joe kind of say goodbye to each other, and uh, the Doctor hands her the Metebelus three crystal. And Professor Jones walks over with some champagne, and he hands them both glasses, and they they say goodbye. And everyone gets together for a toast except the Doctor, who just drinks alone. And then he kind of walks out into the cold, gets into Bessie, and there's what I think is probably the most beautiful shot of this whole story, which is just the Doctor driving across the screen, and it's this beautiful, almost silhouette of the sun kind of setting and the and Bessie just kind of driving across, and it's all silent, and it's just it's just perfect. You'd have to see it in the YouTube, but it's just it's just gorgeous, and it really dials into like the thing about Joe has finally grown up. Like Joe mm-hmm. is finally the woman that the doctor was preparing her to be, and he's sad about it, but he's he's happy for her. You can tell he's happy for her, but it's one of those things where he's like, I will miss her and miss her terribly. And it's very—I don't know—it's very powerful. What did you? What did you think? Yeah, um, it's—it just continues the downer endings of Pertwee. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they're not all downer endings. I I swear, honestly. The next—the next time we do a Pertwee, it won't be a downer ending. I promise. Um, That (laughs) was—I've seen—I've seen seen four Pertwee stories, and so Mm -hmm. far, three of them have ended with downer endings. Yeah, I would say so. Because your four are Planet of the Spiders, Three Doctors. Silurian oh, I this, forgot right? about
0: I forgot about three doctors. Okay, so five. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, and and um, uh, the first one I've seen his first story. Uh, oh yeah,
1: that's that's kind of a downer. Yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah. it's just like a series of downer endings. Mm-hmm. I, I promise they're not all like that. This is one of the rare ones that doesn't that that does end it like that. And it's but it's it's very bittersweet. It's it's really I think it's really well done, and it's very much like you, their first scene reflects this final scene, and it's it's just really well handled in the way that a Companion Departure isn't well handled normally. Um, I think the only one that, for me, comes close to this in terms of the classic series is the Sarah Jane Departure. But even then, the Sarah Jane Departure is only focused on for the last ten minutes of the, of her last episode. It's not it's not nearly as like this is very specifically from minute one all the way to the final minute. Like that's all this story is about is about Joe growing up, finding her new doctor, and going off to spend a life with him and John Pertwee driving off away alone. It's it's just great and it's very, very well done. And it highlights the sort of like uh, doctor, an, an like pseudo daughter relationship that Pertwee has with his companions, where he works best when he's like a father character to them, and that's why I don't think Sarah Jane works as well with Pertwee because Pertwee does have that sort of nurturing father feel to him. So that's that's just my thoughts on it, and it'll be YouTubed. Um, I really recommend it. I think it's it's one of those really powerful moments that I think people should see to see like a really strong character thing. Uh, especially because those are those are kind of rare in classic who I find, um, but it, that makes this a little bit more special. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's the Green Death. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had fun. I did. I did. I, definitely I certainly did. did. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we're out in a decent amount of time. Um, yeah, not too bad for a six, six part, part story. Just, yeah, not too bad considering that we spent about ten minutes laughing our, our butts off. Um, yeah, so there you go.
0: Uh, Before we move on, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by dcbservice.com DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, and anything else you can get from your local comic book shop You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off plus if you pre-order your collected editions you could save 50% off ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like and you only pay five flat rate shipping so thanks to DCBService.com next week
1: the horns of god, Naimon god help us all
0: <laughs> I'm looking forward <laughs> to that it'll be
1: good I promise it'll be phenomenal It'll it'll be great and it's gonna be painful I know but talking about it is gonna make it better uh, because that story is actually really bad but it's almost so bad it's good um it's K9 fourth doctor Romana 2, um and the Naiman which are actually not bad villains they're just portrayed really horribly um mm. I, I like the I like the Naiman uh, and Soldeed how could I forget Soldeed the wizard of Oz its greatness <laughs> it's fun and uh on deck on deck the time meddler and then uh I guess baseball terminology in the whole uh would be um David Tennant, Centaurin, that two parter, uh, Centaurin's strategy and Poison Sky. So that's what's coming up on the Doctor's Companion
0: for Good Times. Week. Um coming up this week, uh episode one hundred forty nine of Geekin, and this is the episode where I announce uh my post geekin plans. Mm-hmm. So and if you're a fan of this show, you should definitely listen. Just saying. <laughs> Just putting that out there. What, what, um, whatever could you mean, Scott? Whatever could I you mean? I don't know. That's. Hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. Uh extra
1: surprise for anyone <laughs> listening right now.
0: Geek and extra this week is uh, Greek. We're going to be talking about that series that just ended um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Randy and I both watched that, so we're going to we're going to kind of delve into that series a little bit. And uh, Movie Night at Geek Show last week was The Apartment, which is a phenomenal film. Have you ever seen The Apartment? I have not. Is it on Netflix Instant? No. No. Damn. Unfortunately okay. not. I'll, but it's it's I'll, Billy I'll, it's Wilder. It's Billy Wilder, Ooh. Shirley MacLaine, and and uh, uh, Jack Lemmon. It's right, right, right. amazing. So uh, good. So I've heard good. I've
1: heard some good things, so I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I'll put on my Netflix queue.
0: Yes, do it. Do it. For do my, it.
1: My 500 movie Netflix queue.
0: <laughs> this week... Amadeus.
1: Oh my god, I love Amadeus. Yeah. It's great. Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's it's trust me, it's it's long but it's great. And and I can actually do the Mozart laugh when you get there, I can do the Mozart laugh. Oh. It'll be good. Yeah. All right. You'll see you'll see. It's really it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Awesome. Totally awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So um Amadeus
0: is this week. And uh and 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 that's it. Um where where can people find you uh on the internet,
1: Matt? Uh, uh, well, I'm twitter.com/gungadin. Um, uh, you can follow me every week at uh, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I view a classic story, talk about it. Uh, this past week, we talked about an unearthly child, which is the first story, and there was actually a couple, a couple people left some comments, and there was some really, really great discussion. Uh, if you've seen another three child, um I was actually kind of hard on the last three episodes of that story, uh, but someone came in and kind of schooled me and said, "Well, this is my interpretation and it kind of blew my mind um so that was, nice. it was really impressive yeah it was it was really it was really good it was so good that I literally did not know how to answer um and then someone else responded and then we kind of took it from there um so it was really cool um I had a really, I had a lot of fun reviewing it uh continuing on I've been doing this blog for about a year, so we're on a gravy train right now uh the first uh, we're actually doing two uh, posts this week. Uh, the first um, is going to be up on Monday, uh, so the day after this comes out. Uh, and Cassandra, my girlfriend, who is my co-blogger, hey Cassandra, uh, she's reviewing Keeper of Trocken, which is the, uh, the the return of the master and like Tom Baker's second to last story. It's got some Adric, got some Nyssa. It's pretty, it's pretty rad. It's actually quite good. Um, yeah, and then I've seen Thursday, it. It's one of, it was
0: one of the first. It was one of the <laughs> first classical doctor who
1: stories i ever saw actually yeah it's a strong one it's not my favorite but like it's i've certainly seen worse master stories and certainly worse tom baker it's it's very very it did it did paint my image of tom baker however i um, would in a a weird light yeah because Mm -hmm. because that's weird it's weird mm kind of serious tom baker Mm -hmm. yeah tom baker in his last season is very melancholy and very almost mourning his own Mm -hmm. death Mm-hmm. Uh, but not in like a pretentious way. As shocking as that is, sorry, Tom Baker fans. Um, it's very it's very ominous in its own way. Um, so that's that's on Monday, and then on Thursday, I'm actually reviewing Legopolis, um, which is Tom Baker's final story. Um, because I haven't done a regeneration story in a while, and uh, it's, it's it'll be nice to talk about it because it's one of those stories that I was really looking forward to watching. Um, and it's a good one, um, it, not his best, but solid as an ending. Uh, oh. So that's what's coming up on this week on Classical Galifrey. So how about progress. how about that Tom Baker article? Hmm? Uh, we're, uh, no, work in progress. I'll work on it this week. I'm <laughs> on spring break, so I'll work on it this week. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I mean, sh- 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 shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: you can you can find me on my other podcasts, uh, Geekin', um Well, for two more episodes, um, mm-hmm. and then something else eventually.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and our and, super secret podcast uh, which is Yes, and our super up, we're, we're, so rec- excited. we're recording. So I'm yeah. I'm pumped. I've I've been I've been thinking about it. I'm watching I'm watching what I'm supposed to be watching for that tomorrow. Very very excited. Yes, yeah. I'm doing the we'll same announce, thing actually. So. We'll anou- we'll,
0: anou- we'll announce
1: it soon, hopefully. Yeah, soon.
0: It's 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 um it's basically going to be taking the place of uh the I two shall. of us talking about something um mm-hmm. every week, yeah, when mm-hmm. when Randy takes over the show when we start talking about uh ongoing Doctor Who, like Matt Smith mm-hmm. Doctor Who. So um it's yes, still yeah. a ways away. It'll be like the end of April mm-hmm. before it'll premiere, mm-hmm. but it's gonna be awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Um mm-hmm. and then you can also uh you can also hear me on Movie Night at Geek Show every week, as well as uh Geek Show Soundcheck. Um, so definitely check those out as well. And then uh, GeekShowEntertainment.com is the website where you can leave comments to this episode and all the other um, podcasts and articles and things that we post on the site. You can follow me on Twitter, Twitter.com slash Scott Or I also have a alternative Twitter account, Twitter.com slash Scott Commentary, where I live tweet um, films movies every once in a while um this i was did the muppet movie i loved it i loved yeah it. yeah it's i good. did the muppet movie most recently um i did the muppet movie um well I'll, I'll 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 talk to you about this after the show but um yeah that was that was that was that was a lot of fun um and i plan on <laughs> doing uh, all of those before uh the muppets comes out um, hmm. later so Sweetness. Anyway, so there's, there's that. Um, go leave iTunes reviews, guys, because that's helpful. Like, really helpful. If you like this show at all, please go leave an iTunes review. Talk and, about uh, how much you
1: laughed while we were talking about Mrs. Docfire. Go do it. Come on. <laughs> yes, yes. You know you did. You know you did. <laughs>
0: and then, uh, of course, you can email us at tdcgeekshow.us. All right, guys. We will talk to you guys next week with the horns of Nightmare. See you guys. Bye.